in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. We're excited to be here and talk a little bit about something a little deeper into our heart. I've been um, reflecting a little bit with Marin today about my day and how it unfolded and some of the practices that Marin and I are sharing around around doing a deep practice and why that's important and how that can not only affect ourselves, but how it can ripple out and radically inform and inspire those around us. So, so why don't you share what you mean by a deep practice? Because I think a lot of our listeners might be like, huh, what does that mean? Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, I'm really looking at what does a deep practice mean for me too. And mm. both the closest and the maybe the simplest way that I can explain it is, you know, every great athlete or musician or someone who is, you know, has a craft of some sort, something that they care for. There's a, there's a time and a place of a preparation and a process to enter into it. And, you know, it, it's something that one takes seriously. You know, I was speaking earlier about my, my husband and how he doesn't like to listen to the same thing over and over again. Doesn't like to repeat himself. Doesn't like to watch the same movie, same but yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, I love watching movies over and over again. I, you know, but I, I use it as a, as a practice of, because there's a thing that you can't step in the same river twice. You're not mm. the same person. So you could pick up a book, you know, two days later and read the same book that you read two days ago and completely find something new in it because yeah. you've had two days of different experiences. So, you know, he, he was sharing with me that he, my, my, my partner had shared with me that <laughs> he had accidentally, you know, got one of his songs on a loop that just kept going over and over again while he was driving to work, which it's about an hour long drive. And I said, and you weren't bored. He said, Oh no, it was really great. I was like dissecting it and taking it apart because he loves to play drums. And I said, you know, that that's the difference of the deep practice of when there's something that is true and dear to your heart, time goes away and you're, you slow things down. And it's not like you're being analytical because that comes more from a judgmental place, but it's more of an expansive place of like, you're so immersed. It's like when you fall in love with someone, time goes away and you're so curious about, you know, what is it? What's their favorite color and what do they love to eat? And what, like every, every word is just like magical. And what if, what if every day in your life could be that kind of deep practice? So mm -hmm. that's kind of the, probably the simplest way of like, being conscious of doing that and being 
practice being. This has been the kind of the theme today of like not practice doing something. Like we think mm-hmm. of oh, deep practice is a doing, but it's it's a it's a beingness. And Marin, you shared with me a beautiful quote. You know, if you can remember it. If not, I can. I can. I'd up, like but... to well, first before we go there, I kind of wanted to, to to dissect what you're talking about. Um, I think that the the practice that your partner was experiencing he he does do deep practice he does it with music and so um daniel coyle talks about deep practice in his book the talent code if anyone's interested in that it's a phenomenal book and really it's about first and foremost you have to have a, a goal a vision um a, a global vision a, a knowing of what you're going for And if we use your partner's example of that, of he had a song that's already done, right? So he had the global vision of like, okay, if I were to play this song, what would I need to do? And then he was forced to chunk it down because he was forced to listen to it over and over and over and over again. And for me, it would have driven me driven me nuts because I'm not a musician. Um, I might have found a way to make it deep practice for myself. And for him, it really worked because each time he heard it, he could take a layer of that and peel it back and chunk that just that piece. Right. And then it's being able to, so the next stage for him would be able to reproduce it himself. And he was working with that in his own mind. And actually they've shown with, uh, again, with athletes that practicing visualizing and doing something internally gives almost the same result as doing it externally. So I see that, uh, you know, like what he was experiencing is a really good example of deep practice and also showing that it's both the being and the doing because he was so present with it and that's the beingness of it. And he was present in the world, which is also, there does need to be a both and. I think our world is so dominant in the doing that we do need a lot of practice <laughs> of the being, yeah. of going inside and being, you know, and and and, uh, and that's why I think you and I have a, a large focus on that in many of our podcasts about the being and, and it's and and the stillness of it and that actually brings me to the quote did you want did you have anything else you want to yeah share? before you share that quote okay. <laughs> it was it was I, I mean i've been like like eating that quote up because i love it it's been really great food for me because one of the things that as a soulful leader you know i i aspire that's something that i am like, you know, my vision of of not just for me as a soulful leader, but as humanity as soulful leaders and what that would mean. And and I mean, like inquiring about that, like I'm curious of like, well, what does that mean? And how would that be for me? And what would I, you know, what are my, what are the things that I need to learn and practice to be able to be more soulful and more connected? And so there's this, this, it's like gardening, like you have this big weed and you go to pull the weed and it just keeps going and going and going. There's so many things to it. And yet it's, it, you know, weeds are only weeds because I, I love my mom's 
definition. A weed is something that you didn't intend to plant there that that is in the way just, of something else. Right. It's just something is a plant that's growing in the wrong place. Right. Right. It's not really a weed. No. <laughs> everything, everything serves. Everything yeah. gives back. And I guess that's how I look at it. It's like, where's the handbook on how to be a human being? You know, mm. we come into this world and we we think we're supposed to do something. Yep. And that's our, it's, it's conditioning. And I think that that's where we are as a, as a culture and hopefully as a planet where we start to shift that. And we start to realize that that's actually the problem. That's, that's what's creating so many of the problems right now is our doing this and, and our shoving the beingness off to the side instead of embracing and the consumption oh yeah is that a word (laughs) i'm gonna make it (laughs) it is now so it's like it's like it's like you know you're being able to consume not just products and food and but ideas and information like there's just like it's like bombarding instead of saying wait a minute maybe it isn't about consuming anything more you know i think it's lynn twist that talks about the fact that we used to call people our customers and we used to use that word more. And when you listen now, people are consumers. We we used to be people, you know, yeah. and now we're consumers. We're consumers, citizens. That's I think that is the word she uses. We used to be citizens, and now we're com- consumers. And I just think that that's very telling for where we are. And I know it's not anybody's intention, well, probably some people's intention, but the majority of people who are just conditioned, we don't even realize we're using that word. We don't realize it. And when something is, that's who we accept, that's who we're defined as, right? Now we start to own that and become more and more of that. And so we went from being citizens to being consumers just like we went from, you know, uh, we were born, we're beings, and we're trained into doing. And there isn't the balance of training us to remain and be human beings. And we're not, like you said, where is the handbook for that? And I think that's something that many of our great leaders, our great spiritual leaders, are helping us at this point. And I, I see a lot of hope that there's more and more people going in that direction who are like, huh, this isn't what I thought it was cut out to be. There has to be more. It's not just the money. It's not just, I'm seeing more of that. And that's encouraging to me. You had mentioned about, you know, someone that you know who had experienced someone who had who had died, but like, you know, mm-hmm. later on in their, in their you know, midlife, right? Yeah. He was, he was uh, almost 40 before he actually experienced a, a an in-person dead body, a ca- an open casket. And, you know, the most, it is the most moving, it is the most moving thing when, when someone you love is no longer present in the physical form, let's put it mm-hmm. that way. And I lost someone when I was just a little girl and I remember going to the funeral home and seeing their body laid out in the casket and and thinking, and I, I, I had been to um, Madame Tussauds wax museum, like when I was like 11 years old. And I remember, and it was shortly thereafter that. And I remember going, 
that's just a wax person. That's not even mm. a person. That's just a, a, a Madame Tussaud wax model. And because it didn't look the same, it didn't feel the same. And I, I believe that as children, we know this. We know that mm. we are so much more than the physical but we get conditioned thinking, the doing, the being, the having more, you know, more stuff, more consumption, more certificates on the wall, whatever, more money in the bank, more time, more, 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 right? Yeah. And then we, like you said, we get to the place of moreness and then we go, I'm, st- I'm stuffed and then I'm still mm-hmm. not happy or I'm happy, but I'm not as happy as I would like to be right. I <laughs> thought it would be different, and it, I thought it, it would yeah. be different. And it's that same feeling that I had as a little girl, seeing you know a person who's no longer in the body, but I could still feel them in my heart. Mm. And, and that was his experience too. He was a little shocked. He walked up to the casket. He was sharing this with me, and he walked up to the casket, and he was expecting to be able to say goodbye to his friend, and he's like, "There's." there's a, there's just a bodysuit here. It's not my friend. And he got it in that moment that his friend is in his heart. His friend will always be with him. It's in the molecules around him. It's like there, we are more than our bodies. We're more than our brains. There is a consciousness that is beyond that's more than, so we're looking for that more and it's right inside of us. Which brings me to so such a, a poignant. I know we're going to get to this quote, you all that are listening. <laughs> we are because we're building up to it because it, it it's reminding me of the the movie Phenomenon with mm. um, John Travolta. John Travolta. And if you haven't seen it, it's a beautiful move, movie. And and you know he's got a brain tumor and he's he's in the process of of dying, and yet he's more alive than he's ever been. You know, mm. it's kind of that feeling and and this little child is kind of looking at this apple and he makes the metaphor of like, you know, we could just leave this apple, you know, here and it'll, if we ignore it, it'll spoil. And, you know, or we have the option to take a bite out of this apple and have it become a part of us. And then the apple lives within us long after the apple is gone. And I say this as soulful leaders because it isn't about doing something. It's about connecting. It's about it's about shedding that outer and going into that deep practice of who am I? Why am I here? And the people that you meet, who are they? Why are they here? I'm saying this because I had this experience this morning walking to the YMCA of meeting a, a young man passing by who was obviously you know, it's quite early in the morning. The music was on. I thought he was singing, but he wasn't singing. He was deeply troubled. And I didn't realize he was deeply troubled until I got past him. And so I said a little prayer of like saying, oh God, please like watch over him, help him. He's obviously hurting. Please, Mm -hmm. you know, send an angel or help him in some way. And it really touched my heart because how many times do we not slow down enough to have empathy for those around us of like, we have no idea what somebody else is going through and slow down. We have to slow down. We have to stop We have to be in our bodies. We have to be present. And um, so I shared this with when, when, before you shared the next piece, 
Can you tell our audience what, as a young child, your vision for the world Mm. was? Yeah. So in that moment, it also helped me remember what I was, what my big global vision was, was like, can you imagine if mental illness was obsolete? Mm. Like there was no more need for mental illness. Like where we would be in this world, there was no more scarcity. There was no more poverty. There was, and I, and I don't just mean poverty, financial poverty. I mean, poverty of the human soul. No like, spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's we where are we're morally, we're, ethically, and spiritually bankrupt. We become consumers because we, we feel that poverty. So we're just trying to you know, grab more of this and more of that. And, and it feels exactly. like I need to fill that void, that, that need. Yeah. So if there were no more addictions, there were no more needs for, you know, of anxiety and depression, all of these things, suicide, all these things that are horribly so present right now in our lives. And, and so it reminded me as soon as that man went by, when I said that prayer, it was like, it reminded me, it it was that presence of like, oh yeah, that's what I, I made a commitment to my, to my soul that I wanted to change that, that that was something. And of course we think about changing it, doing something, right? Like (laughs) doing something out here, outside ourselves and realizing that, no, I need to change that. It's through being, how can I be more loving, more kind, more present with myself? Where, where am I in those? Anyway, I was shared, I shared this with, with my, my class this morning. And um, as we were going through our, you know, vinyasanas and and practice, all of a sudden one of the participants said, oh, there's a lot of action going on out there. And I turned around, I looked and it was the young man. And there was obviously um, some some great support for him with uh, the RCMP and they were- People helping him. People helping him and people coming to him and just being very empathetic. And I was like, wow, you know, we underestimate the power of prayer. We underestimate the power of our own soulfulness of like mm-hmm. connecting. So it was just a soul ripple effect that how I shared, how, you know, it just opened the door for more beingness. And I said, you know, we need to prepare our, our own hearts and souls to be human. Like, it's not about learning anything. It's not about... It's, it's about unveiling. It's about uncovering. It's about letting go. And that's the yin or the beingness yeah. that we speak of. And one of the things that for our audience to know, um, both Stephanie and I are working with one of our teachers right now on taking that concept of deep practice and going even more deeply into our own spirituality and into that beingness. and the witness that Stephanie got today of seeing and being called back into her heart, seeing this young man being called back into her heart and being able to drop into that and say a prayer from that really deep place of dropped in and not feel like she needed to run after him or do something. She just learned and and reflected back of being this and the outer world did take care of the young man. And we don't always see the witness like that. Sometimes it happens and we don't know it, 
or it wasn't right time, right place, or, you know, it's not always that, that's that concise. (laughs) And, you know, maybe that happened so that we got to share that with you today. And I just taking that time, I know for myself, I am doing more practice every day and seeing the result of it, just like, like that type of thing. And it's, it's quite beautiful. And I know growing up myself, I had no idea like how to practice or be a human being or, I mean, who really, who really models that for us in this world? No, we think, well, I am a human being. I don't need to practice that. Like a dog doesn't need to practice being a dog. And yet, (laughs) um, Jean Houston has a beautiful uh, a way of describing it. And she says it's our IntelliKey. So if you think of an acorn becomes an oak tree, right? It doesn't have to think about it. It just becomes an oak tree. Well, it also doesn't have conditioning telling it to be 8 million other things and that it has to do this over here and it has to go there. And don't you want this product? And you know this is going to make you look better and this is going to make you pee better and this is going to make you whatever, right? So there are, there's no one trying to get the attention of the oak tree. So the oak tree can just be itself. And encoded in that acorn is the IntelliKey of the oak tree and encoded in each one of us is our highest being who we are meant to be our IntelliKey. And because there's all this conditioning and, and we're taught to be a certain way or to do a certain thing and to be like our parents. And we talked to Jake about that last week, you know, he, he did all the right things that his parents told him to do. And yet he needed to spread his own wings and find his own way And that meant not doing his nine to five job and going off and becoming this amazing creator. And that's him finding his way, his IntelliKey. And we all are doing that. And who is teaching us? Where where is that? You know, and like I said before, I I believe that's coming from our spiritual leaders. I do too. And there's so much, you know, that is, that is right underneath, I said, right underneath our nose, <laughs> our breath, you know, it's right mm. there. It is. That's just taking a moment to breathe and be present of like, wow. Like I always say, am I breathing or am I actually being breathed? Mm. And when I, when I switch it to maybe I actually I'm being breathed. There is this sense of rest and peace within me. And I'll tell you, I mean, last week I I was working on my own healing journey coming through COVID and realizing I, I'm not so great at being. It's mm-hmm. a, it is a practice on being breathed and only because the conditioning has been so set up. So being aware of that conditioning and saying, huh. Is this really, is this really me or is this something that has been indoctrinated in me? Exactly. So I am going to read that quote now because I think it will give uh, our audience a, an opportunity to, to experience that, that moment of stillness. And it's called stillness, or at least when, when I read it, it was called stillness, um, Immobility and silence are not inactive. The flower fills the space with perfume, the candle with light. 
They do nothing, yet they change everything by their mere presence. You can know the man, his name and appearance, but not his influence. His very presence is action. And I'm not going to try to pronounce the the name of the person whose quote that is. I will put it in our show notes (laughs) because I will just mutilate that. But that moment of stillness of even when I'm not doing, my presence is impacting and probably more so than when I'm doing. Exactly. And my wish for us all is that may our presence be like the flower and like the candle that lights the room. Like imagine, like you don't have to do anything. Allow your presence to be. I love that. And I would just like to say, welcome back. We're happy to have you back. I know last week I got to interview uh, Jake Lang. If you missed that episode, it's episode 40. It was a phenomenal chat with Jake. And one of the things we would like to know from you is, would you like to hear more interviews with other people who are, you know, exploring life and, and finding their own manual for how to be a human being? And if you would, please join us on our uh, Soulful Leader Facebook page and give us a note there. Let us know your thoughts on that. We were thinking maybe once a month do an interview with somebody else. We would also love to know if you have any questions or things that you would like to answer because it would be fun to maybe do a QA and a um, recording once in a while. So some thoughts from us and we would love to hear your thoughts. And in the meantime, breathe, enjoy your stillness. And we'll see you next week. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.